and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the fifth in our series called Life Hacks, with the conversation being led by lead pastor Yukon Chu. We are in a series called Life Hacks with Jesus. Uh, it's a series where we have been taking on uh, specific topics in Jesus and his scriptures that are real life topics that we deal with every day and thinking through, you know, how can we better understand this particular topic? How do we better manage our lives around this particular subject? How can we get ourselves aligned better with that? And today, as we noted in the spoken word piece, today's topic is going to be the topic of money. Money is a pretty big deal. I'm sure right away as you hear the word money, you probably have some reactions to money, perhaps positive, perhaps negative, perhaps like our spoken word piece, you, you wonder where he or she has gone and why the breakup was so painful. Um, but why don't we turn to our tables real quick just to get us started and let's answer this question together about money. Why? What, what do you think about when you hear the word money? How do you feel about it? What pops up to your mind? How do you feel and think about this issue of money? All right, two minutes, turn to your table partners, share your thoughts, and we'll continue on with that time, all right? So I'm curious who is brave enough here this morning to share with the rest of us a little bit about how you feel about money. Who wants to give it a shot here this morning and share with the rest of us? Yeah, right over here. Perfect. Um, we talked about just the idea of the issue behind it, where a lot of people will take their trust and completely put it in money when that's not um, necessarily correct. And we, instead of taking it and putting our trust in Jesus, it's more on money, okay. um, which is very like societally a thing um, wherever we go. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of trust in money, uh, for better or for worse. All right. Right. On. What else? How else do we feel about money here this morning? Don't be afraid. There are a lot of people talking this morning, which is good. It's always good. Yeah. So we just talked about how it's easy to let it dominate our thoughts and actions, whether you have a lot of money or not mo enough money at all. So either spectrum, it's easy to let it dominate yeah. your thoughts and actions. Yeah. Absolutely. It definitely can get a grip on our minds, on our intentions, on every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Great. What else? How else do we feel about money here? Anybody else? Okay, the youth, ta the youth table, always. Yeah? Who's up? Um, I think that when it comes to money, um, it's a very, what's it called? It's a very complex subject. Because sure. as a, like, a kid, you can't control the money that comes into your home, but you see the effects it has on your family. So um, 
I feel like for me necessarily growing up in New Brunswick, you don't grow up with that. Uh, my parents never grew up with that much money. Yeah. So even though it was like, you could say it's a bad experience because there's bills to pay, the rent is not on time, things like that. Yeah. It's actually, it was actually a good experience for me in the way that it made me humble down a little bit, meaning mm. that I knew that everything that I had was precious and that, mm. um, you know, that I, once I grew up, because I used to be a wealthy little kid, you know, I had all the things that I wanted, but yeah. once that changed, I realized that we have to appreciate like our family, not just the materialistic things we have. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. Yeah, thank you. So, so there's uh, the reality, especially growing up here in New Brunswick, thank you, Jenny, that money is not easy. It does not come easy. And, how, you know, you've learned how to be thankful with that. That's, that's awesome. How many of you, just by show of hands, had a positive feeling towards money? Like, you felt overall positive? Raise your hand high. Don't be afraid. Okay, just a handful of us. Okay, how many of us had more of a negative feeling when it came to money? Don't we? Okay, so interesting. Interesting that most of us have a negative reaction. You know, like Jenny said, and, and others of you probably noted at your table, money is a complicated subject. Uh, money, for whatever reason, well, we'll explore some of those reasons, but money seems to get into every nook and cranny of our lives. It seems to somehow affect how we see everything. Money is something that is very powerful, whether we like it or not. And as we take a moment to think about spirituality and the ways of God and the ways of Jesus, it shouldn't surprise us that they actually have a lot to say about money. In fact, uh, someone has said once, and I think it's, it's true based on just looking at the, 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 the breadth of the teachings of Jesus, Jesus talks about money more than any other subject, which is pretty fascinating to think about. And so today, we're going to spend some time reflecting on, engaging with this issue of money and trying to figure out how to make money, quote-unquote, work for us. Not like rich dad, poor dad work for us. Like how to manage money in light of our spiritual well-being. Now, as we think about money and what Jesus and his scriptures have to say about money. Uh, there are a couple things we want to mention again, just by way of review of how we've been talking about this series. We've been looking at the scriptures that Jesus believed in, specifically the scriptures known as the wisdom literature. More specifically, the book in the scriptures called the book of Proverbs. And we mentioned earlier how Proverbs is an interesting book. It's more like a collection of sayings, and there are literally tens of sayings, if not hundreds of sayings, about each particular subject. Money has a lot of sayings about them. And the way it works, though, is that you'll get one saying, like it's literally one sentence, about this aspect of money, another saying about this aspect, another saying about this aspect, and the way to understand this particular scripture of Jesus is to kind of take all the aspects or all the sayings together and look at the different angles it comes from to better understand the topic at hand. So it's kind of like a diamond where you have a lot of different facets. And you're, you need to look at each facet, and each facet makes that diamond what it is, okay? And so that's something really important as we take a look at this uh, discussion here today. The second thing that's always important to note is that Jesus, when he came and he talked about wisdom, Jesus actually eventually says that he is the ultimate expression 
And specifically, his death and his resurrection is the ultimate expression of wisdom in this world. We're going to explore what that means as it relates to money and how that actually makes sense. But that's something we talked about at the very beginning that we kind of want you to be aware of, okay? And so with that note, let's just take a look really quickly at what the scriptures say about money and how this might be relevant to us. You have a half-sheet handout on your table. What's really interesting, and today we're going to have a lot of different sayings, and we're going to go through this relatively quickly, but hopefully this will be uh, pretty informative for you. The reality is that there's a lot to say about money, and the Proverbs, I mean, there are many, many Proverbs. We're, we're taking just some experts, excerpts, and some of these sayings, truth be told, are sayings we already know about. Like we know about just from growing up, just from watching our families do the things they do, kind of looking around in our world. We know about these principles, but the truth is we probably aren't very excited about these principles. We don't find them very attractive, perhaps. We don't find them very easy to do. We don't find them appealing. We may disagree with them, but these are principles that are you know, just not that great, really, in our minds. Now, there are other principles that we'll get to that are actually very helpful, but they also are difficult to achieve because they require some type of belief or trust in a higher power, okay? And so we're going to be looking at these two sets of principles, these two kind of principles, and then thinking through what Jesus has to say about them, okay? So if you take a look at your sheet today, we're going to just zip through this, and then we're going to have some discussion at our tables around these things. First of all, the principles we know, but we wish weren't true, okay? Principle number one includes this reality that people want to be friends with those with money. Notice how the Proverbs say this pretty bluntly. Wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more do their friends avoid them? Though the poor pursue them with pleading, they are nowhere to be found. I think we could all agree with that, whether we like it or not, that for whatever reason, when you have money, people seem attracted to you. When you don't, people avoid you. It's a principle we know, but we wish perhaps weren't true. Number two, debt is destructive. Or dead is dangerous. Notice these Proverbs. And again, there are many of these Proverbs. We're just taking these excerpts. Notice the two in this category. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Do not be one who shakes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. How many of us have recently let someone borrow some money to pay off another debt, and that money has not come back to us? I mean, this is part of real life, right? This happens all the time. And this isn't necessarily saying we shouldn't do that, but we need to know the real-life consequences. Hey, <laughs> debt can be dangerous. People usually do not pay off debts or pay back loans for debts. This is a reality, whether we like it or not. Third, hard work and investing 
are important. Notice what these Proverbs say. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. This is talking to an agrarian, farmer-oriented society. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. Some basic principles that, hey, working hard, making a good living, helps with this money problem. Investing properly, knowing your assets well, look, taking a look at them, looking out for your herds, those are important. It's difficult. We wish money would be a little easier to get and manage, but the reality is it takes some hard work. And then last but not least, with the principles we know and wish weren't true, money comes and money goes. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. How many of you this week have felt like, you know, that money just disappeared on me? Like, how did that happen? Anybody feel that way? <laughs> yeah, that's real, right? Again, we wish principles that are true, but we sure wish they weren't. Now, like I said earlier, there are another set of principles that these Proverbs talk about, and these principles require some type of belief in a God who is there. They won't make a lot of sense if there is no God, and so these are principles that might be a little more challenging as we read through these, okay? And these are the next sets of principles. Notice, number one, character is more important than money. Character is more important than money. Now, you don't need to believe in God to have character, but track with me, if you will, and let's look at how these principles or these proverbs talk about this. Number one, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Better is little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. And if you turn your sheet around for the English sheets, better the poor whose walk is blameless than the rich whose ways are perverse. And then last but not least, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Now, each of these principles, or most of these principles, again, don't necessarily require a belief in God, but the last one, I think, kind of ties it all together and helps us realize why character might be more important than wealth. There's this notion that there is a God who is there, there's a God who is watching, a God who actually cares for us, and this God has a different set of values. This God has a different set of of measurements of what is actually successful. And so to fear this God or to revere this God is actually better than wealth with turmoil. The other principle here that should be noted is the next one. Generosity leads to more. 
Now again, some of us may think, does a belief in God, is it really necessary to believe in a God for this principle? Let's read through the Proverbs, see what they say. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing, and your, vet, your vats will brim over with new wine. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. It's interesting. If you've ever met someone who believes in God, who's ever talked about this idea of generosity, you probably have noticed that they talk about it slightly differently. They talk about it in the sense that there, again, is a God who is there who's seeing all this and who is actually excited about this person's generosity. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more from the perspective of Jesus, why generosity is so important. But generosity, it's interesting, even the Proverbs note that generosity leads to more. There's a God who's there that's watching, that's engaged, that is working with us to be generous. This all leads to something that I think is really unique about this book of Proverbs, the scriptures of Jesus. There's actually a prayer found at the very end, and this is the next, the, the next and final excerpt in this section, a prayer that is probably one of the most honest prayers out there. And I think this prayer is honest because, again, it believes in a God who is there. Notice what it says, and this is the prayer, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord's? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Why don't you take a moment and turn to your neighbor and just kind of process these proverbs, these sayings together. Which ones struck you as relevant for you? Which ones did you perhaps disagree with? Process for about two minutes how these Proverbs are hitting you this morning. All right. What strikes you about these Proverbs? Which, which ones are you pro processing? Which ones make sense to you? Which ones maybe do you find challenging or you disagree with? What are we processing here this morning? Who wants to share? Yeah. Well, so we found the honest prayer really connected with what we had talked earlier on, like, too much or a lot of money or too little money can really dominate our thoughts. Yeah. So this prayer is like really getting at um, just having, having the daily, like whatever we need so that we can avoid both extremes, like e or either extremes. Yeah. And so that really struck a chord with us, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's a little gem of a prayer in the scriptures, I think. Yeah, very, very fascinating. Yeah. What else? What else were you thinking about? All right, all right, okay. It is kind of tough to talk about money sometimes, definitely. Now, here's the deal. As we continue to think about these Proverbs, these scriptures of Jesus, it's always important, again, to get to what Jesus actually began to teach as he used these scriptures and thought through them out loud with us. And so, as many of you know, in the scriptures, we have four biographies of Jesus where we read Jesus' teachings firsthand, we get to interact with Jesus directly. And again, Jesus has a lot to say about money. Now, again, Jesus taught from these scriptures that we just quoted 
Uh, These were written well before Jesus was on the scene. But when he comes, he begins to teach some new things, not necessarily contradicting some of what's been taught, but enhancing what's been taught. And one of the things he says about money, which is really important, it's something this, this prayer, actually, that we last read really begins to hint at. And it's, and it's this reality. Money has the potential not just to control us or dominate us, but specifically, money has the potential to be our God. Money has the potential to be our God. Notice what Jesus says, and this is just one line taken out of this longer teaching that he says. He says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. What is he talking about? You cannot serve both God and money. Now, why does Jesus make this statement? It turns out if we were to read in context and read this whole teaching of Jesus, we would realize that Jesus is trying to expound on how either money or God can do one of three things. Number one, money or God can shape our purpose. Right before he gets into this, Jesus talks about how we should be living for something, and that something ought to be defined by the priorities of God, not necessarily money. Money or God can also affect our view of everything else in life. Again, right before this teaching, Jesus talks about how the eye is the lamp of the body. What does that mean? He's saying that the eye, what we see in life, really lights up or gives light to everything else that we are thinking about in our lives, everything else we're pursuing. Either money or God can affect everything else that we're thinking about in our lives. And then last but not least, money or God can be what we rely on in the day-to-day, everyday interactions in our lives, the day-to-day sustenance we need for our life. He talks, after this teaching on money here, he talks about not worrying about what we'll eat or drink and needing to trust God, learning to trust God. Here's a question for us then as we think about this and think about Jesus' teaching. For these three aspects of our lives right now, purpose, how we think about everything else, what we rely on day to day, where do we go for these things? Is it money right now? Is it God? Is it perhaps something else, not God or money? Just because God, Jesus talks about God and money here doesn't necessarily mean there are other things we can go to for these things. Is it perhaps a relationship, a career? Where are we getting our source of purpose, sustenance, our source of life? Now, Jesus is a very interesting person because Jesus doesn't just stop there. He could stop there and just sound like a great religious teacher, challenging us to get back to God, challenging us to get to the real purpose of life, challenging us to get to the quote-unquote deeper things of life. But the amazing beauty of Jesus, and this is, I think, what makes Jesus unique, is Jesus realizes 
two things about our lives. That number one, we operate on the principle of love. And number two, we are very broken people trying to operate on that principle. What do I mean? Jesus knows that deep within all of us is a desire and a need to be loved and cared for. In fact, when he does this teaching, and again, you can read it back at home. This is in Matthew's biography, specifically chapter 6. He will talk about the reason why you and I can trust in God and not money is because God actually cares. God actually cares for you. God actually cares for me. God is not this distant God who doesn't care, who's just like spouting off some great religious or spiritual principles and say, hey, try harder, do your work, get in line with the right things, the righteous things, and your life will go well. No, no, the God that Jesus subscribes to is one of deep and profound love. And not only deep and profound love, this God knows that you and I were very broken as we try to receive this love, operate with this love. You and I, we have walls that are up that prevent us from trusting anyone, especially a God who's there. You and I have walls that are up that don't allow us to trust others and be generous to them because of our brokenness. And so it's interesting that this Jesus, even in this teaching, will talk about the reason why we should trust God and not money, why we should trust God and not ourselves, is because God loves. But he doesn't just stop there. What this Jesus does then is that Jesus eventually, as many of us know, he goes and dies on a cross, and he comes back to life from the grave. And we're told very explicitly by Jesus and all who follow him after that Jesus does that not because he's a masochist, not because he enjoys pain, but specifically he does that because he loves us. And he is taking on all of our brokenness, all of our inability to get life right, all of our wrongdoings and mistakes. He is dying in our place. He's being broken on our behalf. And this is done in love. And so as, as the followers of Jesus reflect on this, this is what they end up saying all over the place. Man, if God could do this for us, if this is how much He loved us, then surely we can trust Him. Notice this last excerpt on your sheet here. I, I think this says it the best. And this is really our challenge for today. Will we let God care for us enough through Jesus? Care for us so much that we will actually trust Him even with our financial situation. Notice this last excerpt. It says this, He, meaning God, who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? I wonder right now how many of us are very worried or anxious as it relates to money. I wonder how many of us right now are feeling burned by others around this issue of money. I wonder how many of us have a bit of bitterness, unforgiveness in our hearts because so-and-so hurt you, borrowed something, exploited you in some way, your family member, 
your boss, your landlord. How many of us are carrying around some brokenness and pain as it relates to money? And how many of us today need to come to God and believe that He cares? He cares so much that He can take care of even the issues of money that surround you. We are thankful, God, for this time to reflect and to engage with our journey with you, with the well-being that we long for and hope for. Uh, For some of us uh, this morning, as we are thinking through this topic of money in our lives, you, you know where we're at, you know the struggles, you know the challenges, the difficulties. We, we give ourselves to you. We receive what you have for us. Would you continue to help us to be open to what you would invite us into as it relates to trusting you and following after you in this space? Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things today. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.